You don't say the one! Hey, good morning, Monstropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking below! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Multiplex Logged It. Tonight, we're talking Disney live-action movies. This should be a fun episode. But before we get into that, we introduce our panel. Small panel tonight, but a good one nonetheless. We've got Mr. Payson Johnson and Jack Pinchuk. Payson, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. On the way home from work, I was listening to uh, an open letter to NY by the BC Boys to pump me up. In uh, in tradition, in uh, respect to the great American hero Kendall Roy, so feeling good. <laughs> I love that I can just fully picture you doing that, like just so. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the OG and uh, Jack, uh, how are you doing today? Were you also uh, trying to recreate a, a moment from Succession? No, I was listening to the audiobook Oscar Wars on my way home from therapy. It was a good day. You know what? That's that's living your best life. Let's be real here. I I read the first chapter of that book. That's that's my Barnes and Noble book. Whenever I go to Barnes and Noble and just spend an hour there, I just go read that book in Barnes and Noble. Anyway. So I read the first chapter of it. I'm probably gonna read the first chapter or the second chapter of it on Thursday. There you go. Anyway, I didn't need to explain all that. But anyway, your favorite movie you logged this week is the first part of the show. Payson, while I make the YouTube post, you start talking. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite movie I logged this week, uh, as some people know, I'm still going through original screenplay winners. Uh, this is one of the original screenplay winners of the 1970s. It also won Best Picture. Uh call this a uh, big middle finger that I'm currently cranking up towards uh, Jack Pinchuk. But uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. Annie Hall is amazing. Uh, I am putting everything aside from who made it. Uh, this is such an incredible look at both relationships and breaking up with someone. I think Woody Allen, regardless of what you think of him, has such a knack for like, just the anxieties of like personal like struggles in like connecting with someone. Uh, Diane Keaton is so good as the title character and just how both uh, Alvy and Annie like play off of each other. Alvy is a bit more of like an uptight um, neurotic type of guy. Annie's a little bit more of a free spirit and just how the relationship goes throughout the movie, I think is really, really um, incredible. Uh, they, they break up, they get back together. They break up towards the end. It ends with maybe one of my new favorite, like, like the 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 way how um, Woody Allen compares relationships to chickens. At the end, it sounds weird, but when you hear it in the movie, it's one of the most profound things you will ever hear, like in film. Uh, incredible cast: Christopher Walken shows up for a scene. Get ready, everyone. Uh, Shelley Duvall's in there for a scene. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, Jeff Goldblum shows up. It's an incredible film. Uh, full respect to Star Wars. Uh, this movie deserved to win Best Picture. 
I agree with exactly what Payson said. Uh, yeah, uh, the cast is great, you know. Jeff Goldblum, as you said. Uh, you know, Shelley Duvall. Carol Kane shows up. Sir Gordy Weaver's also in it for, like, very quickly. Uh, but, I, you know, sometimes I'm driving and I just want to veer in the headlights. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I love this movie. I love this movie. Uh, I think Keaton... It's just so brilliant. Uh, and I just think that the dynamic between the two of them and also kind of the cultural things going on with uh, New York and L.A. Also, Paul Simon is in this, and he's very good. And it's, like, so random, but he's great. Yeah. I, I love, And I love all the different, like, ways the film represents the relationship and Alvi's perspective in a lot of unique, like very filmmaker ways. Like there's an animated segment. There's a scene where it's like subtitled and you see what they're actually saying. Just a lot of really clever, like filmmaking. The snow white scene is so much fun. So good. So good. Anyway, uh, Jack, how do you feel about Annie Hall? It's going to be upfront. It's been three years since I've seen it. I'll be watching it again in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, uh, I will reserve judgment until then. As of right now, not a fan, but I'll try to go in with the most open mind I can. That is fair. I, I respect that. Anyway, uh, Jack, we'll go over to you because I need to figure out what my pick is. All right. Yeah, I was stuck between two, but I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a Vincente Minnelli musical. Uh, I saw The Cabin in the Sky. It was one of uh, either Alex or Melissa's picks for View 52 uh, for musical. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, Cabin in the Sky, I, let me figure out what year that was. That was 43. Uh, basically, this guy uh, who's like not the greatest of husbands, he's uh, he's a big gambler. Uh, he's He's got a lot of debts and a lot, a lot of uh, personal demons. He dies uh, like at the very beginning of the movie and... The, what follows is like a 10 minute sequence between uh, his basically his soul, the like Satan's son who comes to claim him uh, and the angels who uh, are like, nah, uh, we're going to give this guy another chance. Uh, so he has six months to better his life, but he won't remember any of like that conversation with the angels and demons. And it's wild in all the best ways. Uh, definitely not what you would think of when you think of a Vincente Minnelli musical. You think of Judy Garland, you think of uh, Gigi. This isn't the one you think of, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I have not heard of this. This sounds awesome. Payson, have you seen this? I have. Uh, personally, it's not my favorite Miyazaki movie. Awful dub with James Van Der Oh, shut up. I I have not seen this movie. <laughs> so, sounds great there, Jack. Uh, now over to me. Uh, I j literally just logged it because I realized I watched it today and I haven't logged it yet. Uh, I'm going with uh, 2011's uh, Young Adult, directed by Jason Reitman. This was a movie that, um, you know, it, it always kind of felt like the weird middle child in Jason Reitman's filmography. I mean, there are also movies that are just bad, but this is the one, like, it just, I've never heard bad things about it, but I had never really heard great things about it. I really just, people don't really talk about it, and it's not, 
anything. And uh, but then Payson watched it, and Payson was like, "This is great," and I was like, "I love Jason Reitman. If this is apparently great, I probably should see it." And I really liked it. Um, Charlize Theron is fantastic, and this character is the reason why the movie works because it's it's an awful character. The the main character is a terrible person. Worst. She's the worst. She's the worst. But the movie absolutely knows it, and the movie does not try to condone her actions in any way. It just kind of shows you this person, and it does reveal more about her. But it never feels like the film's just trying to be like, oh, because of the things we learn, it condones the rest of the action. Like, no. She's still an awful person who should be bettering herself. But it also doesn't treat her like she's irredeemable garbage either. It's just she should get better and she isn't. She she hasn't grown up is kind of the thing. And Theron just crafts this character so well. Uh, and then the performance I really liked in this. Patton Oswalt. Yes. Patton Oswalt has a really unique character in this and kind of mirrors Theron in a, in a lot of ways, actually, though in, in a different way. But he kind of has a lot of the same issues as she does, just in a different direction. And I think it's really fascinating how the film portrays that. Patrick Wilson's okay. Patrick Wilson is an actor who never has, has basically never tilted the dial for me. He is always just, he's there. He's there. He's serviceable. He's like, he he's he's a plain hamburger. He's you know he's he's there to get the job done. He doesn't hurt the movie. He doesn't help the movie. Um, overall, really liked it. Don't know why it doesn't get talked about more. I don't know how I feel about the ending. I'm still processing it. Um, I'm I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. But anyway, really good. Theron probably should have been nominated. Anyway, uh, Jack, have you seen this? No. Fair. Payson, go ahead then. Uh, yeah, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, I have yet to see Juno. I have yet to see Thank You for Smoking. But uh, I've seen Up in the Air, and this is still my favorite Jason Reitman movie. Really love Up in the Air, but I think this one just – I just love these types of stories more where you're just following just a bad person and, like – you you think maybe they're gonna change and get better, but no, they just sort of keep on um, diving into their own miseries. Yeah, like you said, I really do love the relationship between Mavis and uh, Patton Oswalt's character. How they both sort of see like the um, the faults in each other, and that's kind of what connects them. Uh, really funny moments. Uh, the moment I think is easily the biggest laugh for me is where she's trying to get a uh, jacket uh, for the uh, concert that she's going to go to and the attendant is like uh helping her and she's like um and she says oh no i've 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 already seen him it's his wife that hasn't seen me yet and the person helping her is like yeah you know my lunch break just started i'm gonna go get my replacement it's 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 incredible awkward cringe comedy and i'm all here for it yeah no that's a great moment and there is just a quick ad there is a scene towards the end involving a drum set that is brilliant and is worth watching the movie for that moment alone. Yes. Anyway, moving on, though, 
Uh, that does conclude that side of the coin. Now to the other side of the coin, your least favorite movie you logged this week. Uh, Payson, over to you. Yeah, uh, my least favorite movie I've logged this week is my least favorite movie of 2023 so far. It is a it is Charlie Day's directorial debut. It's called Fool's Paradise. Uh, it's the only half star I've given this year. I don't like giving half stars. The reason this gets a half star is because nothing in it works. Uh, to describe the plot of this film, uh, Charlie Day plays a guy that he has a regression disability is how they describe it where he has the brain of a five-year-old which this movie thinks uh means that he cannot talk and has to pantomime everything because sure movie and uh he looks exactly like another actor that uh is currently so hardcore into method acting that he refuses to uh go on set anymore because they're filming a western and movies did not exist in western times so his character refuses to even step in front of a camera. Uh, that actor dies due to autoerotic asphyxiation. So they decide to put in uh, the um, version of Charlie Day that cannot talk. Everyone thinks it's a bit that he cannot talk, but he really just can't talk. Yeah, no jokes in this movie land. Uh, Ken Jeong um, plays the publicist that's trying to like get uh, Charlie Day's character um, to... Um, essentially uh be his new client uh, he gives him the name of latte pronto because um someone said that on set one time it's not really explained why uh this movie is 90 minutes it felt like three hours uh once again i think i've said this metaphor before this is the type of movie where as i'm watching it i slowly start to look up at the fan and see how strong are those ceilings fans and can they hold a good rope because that is what this movie made me feel like doing um uh if it's the closest I think I've ever been to walking out of a theater. Um, the the ending goes on like 20 minutes longer than it needs to. It's an interesting concept. It, it has a huge cast. Like if you look at the cast of this movie, uh, Charlie Day is pulling massive amounts of favors. Apparently this movie's been in development for like five years and it's just now being released. Uh, but yeah, awful movie. I, yeah, I haven't seen this yet. I was very bummed to hear that it sucked because, like, what? It it, 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 it it has a very interesting concept, is what I It's an interesting concept, and just, like, look, it had, like, the vibe, even the poster, it just kind of had the vibe of, like, like, a Preston Sturgis movie. And it just looked like something really unique, and so I'm really bummed to hear it sucks. Jack, did you see this? No, I just heard it was terrible, so I avoided it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, at least uh, Glenn Howerton made up on the It's Always Sunny yes. trying to make movies front in Blackberry. He was great. I almost brought up Blackberry, but I watched Young Adult today, and I was like, yeah, that's better than Blackberry. So anyway, uh, now it's uh, over to Jack. Jack, what was your least favorite movie log this week? We talked about a Vincente Minnelli musical that really works. Let's talk about one that has some really big issues. Uh, it's The Pirate from 1948. Uh, Judy Garland, blameless. She is not the problem here. The problem, or at least one of the very big ones, is Gene Kelly playing character who is apparently supposed to be Middle Eastern, which is already an oof. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so it, it centers around Judy Garland, who's uh, supposed to marry the mayor of this small town in France, uh, or not France, uh, Spain. 
one of the one of the European countries. Uh, and uh, she's like she's in love basically with this uh, the tales of this pirate who uh, from from a while ago. And uh, Gene Kelly uh, in uh, who, after being told no several times, decides to just go, ah, yes, I am that pirate. Uh, there's uh, and try to win her over that way. There are things that work in this. Judy Garland being one of them. Uh, the music is hit and miss, but uh, there's a there's a song in here called "Be a, uh, Be a Clown," which I've, I've been told was essentially uh, "Make Him Laugh" is essentially that just rip uh, is a rip of that, and it oh. went to court. And uh, you can definitely tell. I haven't seen "Singing in the Rain" yet. I uh, I have heard the song "Make Him Laugh" or at least part of it. It's very similar. Uh, oh, the end is um, it goes on a, a little too long. That final scene really could have been cut. Uh, it's just them doing "Be a Clown" again. But uh, yeah, no, there's things that work in it, but oof, there are some choices made that just do not look good. I think I might be cutting out a little bit. Uh, Payson, I assume you haven't seen this. Uh, yeah, I have not seen it, but hearing what Gene Kelly plays, uh, it sounds like Richard Dreyfus would be a really, really big fan of this movie. You're not wrong. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'll just quick make my pick, and then I will probably leave and come back, and I'll just let you guys start talking about my pick while I refresh. Um, so uh, my pick yeah, I'll go with Precious uh, from 2009 because I'm going with another Best Supporting Actress winner. Go ahead. Uh, have or have either of you seen this? I have. No. Okay, go ahead, Payson. Yeah, uh, I watched Precious, I want to say, last year. And honestly, I think the movie is not that great. Um, I think it's one of the weaker nominees of 2009. I think, okay, uh, to... In, in terms of his Oscar wins, I think Monique winning for Best Supporting Actress, honestly, I do think that is a pretty good win. Like, I know some people in this community don't love that performance. I, I, I think it's a good performance. It wouldn't be my winner. But everything else, like, I, I hate to say it, it feels like one of those, like, depression porn movies um, where it just feels like you're watching a movie and you just feel miserable the entire time, which can be done good. Like, I enjoy a movie like Manchester by the Sea that does that. But this movie, I, I think the thing that really harms this movie is the, is the direction. Like, Lee Daniels just, at, at certain points, just gets too stylistic. And it clashes with certain scenes that are also just, like, super, like, gritty and, like, really trying to make you feel uncomfortable. And it doesn't, like, um, combine in any, like, really strong way. I think the fact that this one uh, adapted screenplay... Um, like is kind of a joke like I I, I I i monique wouldn't be my winner but i still think that's a decent performance i don't think this is a very good script uh the fact that both just put precious instead of the full title of this movie is kind of an insult but at the same time i don't not... care that i'm insulting this movie yeah yeah good point uh movie's not great uh yeah this yeah this movie i'm not especially for this movie i'm not typing out that whole thing <laughs> Uh, yeah, 
I think Payson kind of touched on the same things I was going to touch on, which is that like a lot of awkward directing choices, like the dream sequences are really weird and don't work. The performances are not really the problem, but I don't think any of them transcend the movie either. Especially I don't think Monique deserved the win or to be honest, I don't know if she really deserved the nomination. Um, I don't right. know. I also think Sadib is like fine. I just think that it's a bad script with bad direction. And yeah. Uh, and Jack, you haven't seen it, correct? No, I have not. Okay. Well, then we'll move on to uh, the actual meat and potatoes of the show Disney live action picks. Uh, so, Payson, you can start us off. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a childhood favorite of mine, uh, more loved by, I think, vocally someone else in this community. Uh, shout out to the Moose Man. This goes out to Cameron Holtzman. I'm picking Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. Uh, I like fantasy. Uh, and this is kind of like, in a way, like, beginner's Lord of the Rings, like and and I and I think the fact that you're viewing this from a child's perspective, I think, makes it even more fun. Uh, I think all four of the Pevensey children are pretty fun characters. Well, I guess at least like two of them. I guess Susan and Peter are kind of boring characters, but I think Edmund and Lucy, especially Lucy, was always my favorite character as a kid. I think she's great, but I think the world of Narnia is why you watch this movie. Uh, I love the Beavers. Uh, Mister and Missus Beaver just seem like such jolly people. James McAvoy. A great performance as Mr. Tumnus. Uh, Tilda Swinton, like, underrated movie villain as the White Queen. Like, I think she is excellent um, as that character. Uh, has, like, a really good, like, sense of scale. Like, I think that battle at the end, I think, still holds up. The scene where Aslan dies is still a disturbing scene in 2023, if you go back and watch it. Yeah, I I think this is an is is a is a really great movie. I still have a lot of fun watching it. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, th this one works. I I think this is pretty valid. It's definitely like it feels like it's kind of coming in the wake of other things, but it's one of those cases like kind of with Dune, where it's like it's it feels like it's copying other things, but that's because it's adapting source material that was kind of copied to death and that kind of originated it so it's kind of a chicken egg situation there um garth actually has a point here uh i've never tried it i've never tried it Turkish delight sucks if anyone betrayed his family for turkish that's the equivalent of betraying your family for like circus peanuts that is the equivalent, like the, the little marshmallow peasy thing. Like that's that's the equivalent. Or like black licorice. You know, just awful, awful. Screw you, Edmund. Not for betraying your family, but for not trying to get some better candy out of it. Anyway. Uh yeah, fun movie. Uh Jack. Yeah, this movie's fantastic. Uh, definitely one that I've been meaning to rewatch for a while, just haven't gotten around to it. But I remember most of this movie very, very well. Uh, I watched a lot as a kid. That scene where Aslan dies on the stone table is, it broke my heart as a small child, and it still breaks my heart today. Uh, it's such a well done movie. I really need to watch it more. <laughs> That is fair. 
Okay, well, Jack, moving over to you. All right, uh, I'm. There is a person in this community who probably likes this. Not probably, who definitely likes these movies more than I do, but uh, he's not here, so I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. I think this movie is fantastic. It's easily the best of the pirates movies, in my opinion. Uh, Barbosa is one of my favorite villains. Period. End of sentence. Uh, I I think he's fantastic in this. Uh, Jeffrey Rush gives a killer performance. Jack Sparrow, like, of course, of course, I love Jack Sparrow. Of course, I love Johnny Depp's performance. It's a it's a fantastic performance. Uh, there's some great action set pieces. Uh, there's some really, really fun moments. I, I I love the the dead march under the when when Barbosa says, gents, take a walk. And and it shows uh, the dead pirates underwater walking towards the British ships. Just chills every time. Uh, love this movie. Could watch it anytime. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, personally, for me, I prefer Dead Man's Chest a little bit. I think Dead Man's Chest just kind of expands on it and you get kind of I, I just love where all the characters are kind of double-crossing each other. Elizabeth gets a lot more to do. But this is so solid. And, like, you can tell, this movie, just it has the same vibe that, like, Shrek does. Where you can tell it's kind of, it's a little bit messy. It clearly kind of just has this, like, feel of accidental genius. Of just people just kind of walking into right decisions by making a lot of weird decisions that shouldn't work, but by the combination of all those weird decisions, it works. Um, Depp is really a revelation in this, and I know it's a character that kind of felt like it got watered down after each one, but especially I think this is the best performance from Depp as Sparrow. Um, yeah, fantastic film. Rush is so good. I love Rush in this so much. Uh, Payson? Yeah, I think this is a great choice. I think you had to pick one of them. I probably would have taken Dead Man's Chest as well. I think on rewatch, I think I've finally come around to the... I think Dead Man's Chest is probably the best one. But I still love this first one. Uh, yeah, like both said, I think Johnny Depp is so much fun as the character of Jack Sparrow, of just how he every time just narrowly avoids danger and just kind of accidentally is in this role, I think is super, super fun. Uh, yeah, that, that incredible score by Klaus Videl, um, by, by Klaus Videl, um, I think everyone knows it was actually Hans Zimmer, but the score is still iconic to this day. I love the world this movie sets up. I love, um, I love all the supporting characters. I really enjoy Will. I really enjoy Elizabeth. Yeah, Jeffrey Rush just, in a way, feels like he was born to play a pirate. Uh, yeah, I I think this is a wonderful pick, and yeah, Coho would be proud. It's not every day I make Coho proud, so this is this is a good day. That is fair. Uh, you know what kind of sucks, Jack, is uh, we were on to uh, Boatman's next pick, but uh, he had to. Uh, Okay, oh, I think nice. I'm still. Right, I think I'm still cutting out, so I'm just gonna make my first pick. Or Payson, did you already finish talking about Curse of Black Pearl? Yes. Yep. Okay. So I'll. I feel like I'm still cutting out, so I'll make my first pick and then let y'all talk about it. 
I was going to pick something more obscure to start off with, but since I'm cutting out, I'll just take my obvious, make obvious pick. Mary Poppins, y'all. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, this is one of the greatest musicals of all time. Honestly, it's one of the greatest films of all time. Um, wow, I'm just burping everywhere. I, I apologize, audience. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this movie is just pure movie magic in the best sentiment. Uh, Julie Andrews is incredible as the title character. Uh, I think some people know, famously, she auditioned for the role of... Um, I, I I forget the character's name, but uh, Eliza but uh, 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 Eliza Doolittle, My Fair Lady, and of course she didn't get it. That went to Audrey Hepburn, so she went over to Disney, and they were able to uh, get her into Mary Poppins, and she just completely kills this role in both the like really sweet nurturing scenes and also the scenes where like she has to be like a strict nanny, and I think she really balances it out. Uh, I love like the light nature of this plot and how like it really doesn't it, it's 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 it, it, it's close to two and a half hours, but it doesn't really feel that way. But no, but like, it doesn't have the plot that you would think with that. Where like, really you're just watching these kids just sort of like live their lives and go from like scene to scene. But the scenes are so good that you can't help but just like fall in love with it. Like thinking about this movie, it reminds me why I love movies like, like my second favorite movie of all time, Kiki's Delivery Service, where you're really just watching this character go from scene to scene and just sort of like, um, just uh, like uh, interact with certain characters. There's not really a villain, which I love. Like, I guess the bank is kind of a villain, um, but um, it, it really is just sort of like a force for the characters. Yeah, uh, everything that happens with um, uh, Mr. Banks at the end, I think is really, really great. The music is excellent. Um, yeah, I think Mary Poppins is an excellent choice and one that I was definitely going to make, but both needed. So thank you. Yeah, uh, brilliant movie. Uh, beautiful movie. Uh, maybe my ultimate comfort movie. Just kind of feels like a warm hug. But it's also, like, it's not schmaltzy. Like, it still has, like, sad, darker moments. Like, the Banks, when uh, when Mr. Banks, like, knows he's getting fired. And he just, like, walks into that fog. And then, like, he enters and, like, they break his hat. Like, they do all these things. And he just kind of has a mental breakdown uh, at that moment. It's like he's cheerful about it. But he's kind of having, like, a breakdown. So I think it's a movie that, while being cheerful, doesn't... It feels like a real cheerful. It doesn't feel like a non-acknowledgement of the struggles and things. Um, and yeah, just great songs, great characters, just fantastic movie. Jack, you haven't seen this, and that makes you a bad person. Payson, what's your next pick? Yeah, um, Disney live action is uh, synonymous with uh, certain genres. I think the the, the sports genre is one of those. Uh, there are better sports movies that you could take, uh, but I'm going to pick this one. Uh, have you ever watched The Sandlot and wished, man, I wish this was even more redneck? Uh, I'm taking The Big Green. Anyone ever seen The Big Green? <laughs> this movie is stupid, but I love it. Uh, you got Patrick Reyna, the kid who plays Hamilton from uh, The Sandlot, and uh, him and his classmates decide to start a soccer team with uh, their uh, new teacher, who is from England, and uh, police officer Steve Gutenberg that just decides to uh, coach the team because he's trying to bang the teacher. Uh, this movie is really dumb. 
Uh, Steve Gutenberg uh, allows the uh, allows the kids to drive his car just for fun because you know what? He's a fun coach. Uh, something I love about uh, Patrick Reina's character in this movie is he has like war PTSD, and like as the goalie, like and anytime the players are coming to score a shot. He views the the soccer players as whatever type of team he's playing. Like when he's playing the Knights, he views it as Knights coming down to to take him out. When he's playing the Terminators, he literally sees a dozen Arnold Schwarzeneggers riding their motorcycles to come and take it out. Uh, yeah, there's there's of course the legendary character by the name of Juan. They dye a goat green because that's that's their mascot. They're the goats. They're the big green. The big green is awesome. Let's go. Hold on. Hold on. Back up, back up. Was that Terminator thing BS? No, no, there is a scene where a billion Terminators are on their motorcycle. Are they like, look, do they look like Arnold? Yes. Is it Arnold? I, I, maybe it wasn't. I, I admittedly have not seen this movie in like 15 years. Fair. Fair. This is awesome. It's bad, but it's awesome. To me, it would be more incredible if that was just an Arnold cameo. Yes. Million Arnold. Anyway, I have never I, heard of this. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I really only knew the basic plot. Uh, so, Jack, make your second pick. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm also going to go with a. Uh, no, no, I'm going to go with different. I'm going to go with a different pick. Uh, I'm going to go with a sequel to. Uh, a Disney live action movie from the eighties was one of the first uses of, uh, of de-aging in, in films. I'm going with Tron legacy, uh, has a really great score, uh, underrated score. Honestly, uh, the visuals in this are a lot of fun. I, I haven't seen this in a minute, but good Lord, is this a really fun time? Uh, I, 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 I don't hate the Jeff Bridges de-aging like everyone else does. Yeah, you can tell it was still in its infancy, but for the time, it's actually pretty decent. Uh, it's got some really fun moments. Uh, Clue is a, a really interesting uh, antagonist, or at least I remember him being a really interesting antagonist. Uh, and yeah, I've already mentioned it, but that Daft Punk score fucking rocks. There are some movies that I became so obsessed with as a child that I do not want to watch them again because I want it to I want to preserve that memory of Tron Legacy being one of the greatest movies of all time. It is not. But I'm gonna pretend that it is in the back of my mind and until I watch it again I can keep doing that. Uh because I remember I was obsessed with this movie. This rock, like just a really cool visual style, uh, really just unique idea. I really dug it. And then, um, like, I was so obsessed with this movie. I don't remember if it was Halloween or whatever, but my mom literally made me a Tron costume. And there is a picture of me somewhere. She even made the little disc thingy. Like, I had the. She made like a little, we just like took cardboard and like cut it out into like a little disc thingy. And like she put like glow in the dark tape on it. And yeah, it was awesome. There, like when I was like 10 or 11, that is a thing. Anyway, 
I, I, to sum it up, I was obsessed with this movie as a child. Payson, go ahead. I think if you recast Garrett Hedlund, I think this movie becomes an all-timer. Like, honestly, like, I think the the fact that your lead character is such a block of wood and an actual block of wood, Jack, not, like, a block of wood that you think, which is actually yeah. an incredible uh, slice of, like, mahogany wood, but, like, this is an actual block of wood who is Garrett Hedlund. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this movie probably goes up, but even so, I love just the way this movie looks. It still uh, has such an incredible, unique visual look to it. Um, yeah, the de-aging doesn't look good, like, at all, but I don't think it bothers, boggles the movie down. Uh, I weirdly kind of love Michael Sheen and, like, the weird role he plays as, like, this club owner, and yeah, the, the soundtrack kicks so much ass. Yeah. Anyway, uh, over to me. I'm gonna go with my obscure pick now. I'm going with a movie from the 60s. Uh, this is... Really weird premise, but I I actually think it's pretty fun, and nobody talks about it. Uh, I'm going with 1968's Blackbeard's Ghost. And the premise of this movie is that Dean Jones from the the Herbie franchise is like this guy. He's going to be the new track coach in this town. And also... There's like this like hotel or plot land, plot of land or something that he's staying at that the daughters like the old women in this hotel are like the they Blackbeard the pirate is their ancestor and the bank is going to like screw over these ladies so Blackbeard's ghost comes and haunts this guy to like get him to help these old ladies so that they can, like, get their land back. And Blackbeard is played by Peter Ustinov. And he is great. And it's basically just a lot of, like, hijinks and, like, pranks and different things. And he's the only one who can see Blackbeard. So, like, all this weird stuff goes on. There's a really fun scene at, like, a track meet where Blackbeard is, like, helping the guy cheat. And, like, he's just, like, push, like, turning the other competition around and just, like, moving them the other direction. <laughs> so they're running the wrong way. Uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's not brilliant or anything. But it's it's a movie that I've never heard people talk about, and it's kind of a goofy, fun time. I assume neither of you have ever seen it. I haven't, but it sounds really fun. Yeah, it's just a fun time. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, if if you're looking to kill ninety minutes, check it out. Um, so now, uh, Payson, back over you for your third pick. Yeah, for my third pick, uh, I have been going through a couple of movies. Uh. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I don't think we announced this to the public. Uh, I am currently the uh, interim producer of Logged It. Uh, Tim uh, is currently taking a little bit of leave. He will be back. But uh, in honor of the great Tim Bracala, beautiful man, wonderful man, uh, I am taking a Tim Bracala favorite, and I am taking 2011's The Muppets. Uh, this movie is just so much fun. Uh, I have not seen every Muppet movie, but of the ones I've seen, this one is 
probably my favorite. Uh, I've, I've seen this and the first one. Those ones are the two ones that I think are really, really great. And I, I think I slightly prefer this one. Um, yeah, I, I I just love the whole, like, getting the gang back together. Um, I love how, like, Fozzie is, like, um, a, like, lounge singer in, like, in, in Reno now. And th this is where he's gone. Uh, Gonzo is now working as, like, a, um, I, I, I forget the specifics of what he's making. He's but he's like, he makes toilets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's making toilets, which, of course, Gonzo would be doing. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the human cast of this one. I think the cameos are really great. The fact that, they're, that, that they kidnapped Jack Black, I think, is super fun. Uh, Chris Cooper, I think, is just eating this movie up. I love him as a Tex Richman, I think, is his character's name. And just that little rap he does, like, is something I can totally see, like, a modern-day billionaire doing. Like, it, like, like, I could see if, like, is me or Boat, like, busted into Elon Musk's office to, like, try and get some money. I could see Elon Musk, like, busting out a rap like this to tell us why uh, he's better than us. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this is just a, such a fun movie. The the songs are super fun. Yeah, The Muppets. Yeah, uh, brilliant movie. Uh, and I love that it's just kind of a little bit of a meta-commentary on the state of where The Muppets were at that point in time. You know, The Muppets were kind of... Not that was probably the lowest point in time for the Muppets, where the Muppets were just kind of non-existent for the entirety of the two thousands. Like they showed up here or there, but they like they had that like awful Wizard of Oz special, and but like that again, that was a special. They hadn't had a theatrically released movie since the nineties, so it was like it was kind of a commentary on the fact that nobody really wanted the Muppets anymore. Uh, and Jason Siegel, man, he wrote that, and like he he's great as the character, but I also just think he you can tell he just understands the Muppets and how they work so well. Songs are great, and it's just it's it's a movie that is satirical and meta, but it never feels like it doesn't absolutely respect and love the Muppets as characters, and I really appreciate that. Jack thoughts on 2011's The Muppets. Yeah, this is uh, this is one I also haven't seen in a minute, but it is a lot of fun. I didn't watch The Muppets a ton as a kid, but this movie basically made me fall in love with them. Uh, I saw a couple of the other ones pretty quick after this. Uh, it's a really fun movie. Jason Siegel is one of those actors that the more the the more of him that I I see, the more I love. Uh, he's got some really great uh movies but this is a really fun one uh uh most wanted isn't as good but it's still fun but this is peak muppets also that, that um, oscar winning or that uh oscar winning song is is great yeah i uh, know my favorite song in the movie but very good uh, i'm i'm a life's a happy song guy but i can also bop out to pictures in my head anyway jack we'll stick with you what's your pick all right, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a childhood classic. I'm going with The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, this movie is a lot of fun. Uh, Nicholas Cage, Alfred Molina, they're they're both ha uh, having a lot of fun in this movie. Jay Baruchel's great. I cannot listen to the song "Secrets" without thinking of this movie. Uh, it, it is forever associated with it. Uh, there's some really great uh, set pieces in this. Uh, 
especially the the one at the end in uh, in Battery Park. Uh, when I went to when 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 we were in New York, uh, my family made made it a priority to go to Battery Park at one point entirely because of this movie, uh, and it was great. Uh, this this is just a, a, a really fun movie uh, that the scene where you've got the Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, score like playing in, in the background is really fun. Uh, I just have a really good time with it every time. It's one that I can pop on and just have a good time with. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think this is a brilliant movie or whatever, but I definitely have some, uh, some nostalgic feelings for it and uh, a connection to a character in this movie, admittedly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's nothing spectacular, but it is a fun time. Payson? I admittedly have not seen this movie, but I've seen clips from this movie. Boatman, did you jack your whole style from Jay Baruchel's character from this movie? I did, I did not jack my whole style from Jay Baruchel's character. I just dressed happen to dress like Jay Baruchel dresses. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I like that. I was 10 years old in 2010. Were young yeah. people? Or, sorry. I was nine. <laughs> it was... It, I was young. I was young. I was 12. Anyway. Payson, did you talk about this movie? Uh, I, I haven't seen the movie, so... Yeah. Oh, fair, 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 fair. Anyway, uh, then we're back over to me, and I'm going to go with a movie that, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with this one. I th I'm going to go with another older one. I'm going to go with one that I think doesn't uh, quite get the credit that it's due, because I actually think it has an incredible villain. I'm going with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, I think that while this movie clearly has some goofy moments, uh, I think that uh, the portrayal of Captain Nemo and James Mason as Captain Nemo is fantastic. Uh, it's a really interesting uh, look into that character of this guy who, like, just, you know, does not want to be on the surface world anymore and just kind of has a lot of hangups and issues and uh, Kirk Douglas is Kirk Douglas, so he's great. And Peter Lorre is a lot of fun. But James Mason is just, I think he should have probably gotten a nomination for this. I think he's that good. Um, and the effects, while not, you know, not certainly holding up, are actually quite good for the time. And they filmed them well enough to where they don't look as bad as they probably would otherwise. Uh, they use a lot of you know, Jaws tricks. So anyway, uh, Payson, uh, have you seen this? I unfortunately have not, but I won't. Jack, did you see this? No, I have not. Okay. Well, I think we just have one pick left. Um, so how do we want to do this? I have a suggestion. Okay. Like, if, 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 if you guys are all down for it, uh, sort of like a universal pick. Uh, I know it's not technically fully live action, but I think one of the great movies of all time, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Not technically a Disney live action movie, I don't think. Oh, never mind. Oh, then. I might be wrong about that, but I don't 
think it technically is. Maybe well, it is. I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't know. I wasn't on like the list I saw. I thought because it's technically Touchstone, maybe. Oh. It, I don't know. It was. It's one of those weird ones. Um, yeah. You know what? Let's just say it is for the sake of what. Yeah, yeah. Say it is, even if it isn't. Who cares? So, who framed Roger Rabbit? Is our pick. Who wants to start? Um, you can, Payson. Wait, yeah. Uh, this is one of like this is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I just think it's one of the smartest. Like, if, if we talk about movies that are one hundred times better than they should be, like this to me is one of those movies. Like, you see the concept of this movie, and you think maybe it's gonna be like kind of like a corporate cash grab movie, but it's so not. Like, I, I think it's just because of how much energy is put in to the characters in these movies. Eddie Valiant is one of the great movie protagonists of all time. Just, you you completely understand why he hates tunes, but, like, why he still um, is uh, in the circumstances he's in where he just, he, he has to go to work with them every day. Um, I think the production of this movie is so, so much fun. I love how it's set in, like, old-time Hollywood. You see, like, movies being made. I love how, like, all the human actors, um, I think what makes this movie works is they don't treat the cartoons as they're, like, fake, like, they're, like, fake things. They are 100% committed to the bit, and that is what makes this movie so good, because the fact that they are so committed you are so committed. Um, and I think that makes it fun. Like Jessica Rabbit, Roger Rabbit, Judge Doom. I think Christopher Lloyd is so much fun. Like, yeah, I think everyone makes the joke of like, we 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 all kind of knew, you, you, you kind of know he's the villain the second he walks in. But at the same time, you don't really care because the movie is so much fun. Benny the car is a lot of fun. Those weasels Judge Doom has. Yeah, this is a movie that I adore with all my heart. And I'm happy we get to talk about it. Yeah, a brilliant movie, and I think you're absolutely right. Like, Bob Hoskins is not playing this like he's in a comedy. No. Bob Hoskins is playing it like he's in a detective story. Like, he's playing it as if he's in, like, a, a Bogart movie. And I think that's what's, like, so brilliant about it. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's great. And then all the, you know, the, the cartoons and all the stuff, I mean – putting Daffy and Donald together and putting Bugs and Mickey together. Like, just things you've always wanted to see and you get to see them. So, like, that's a lot of fun. And But, yeah, it's also, like, kind of an interesting satire and, like, the racial tensions of that era of Hollywood. And from what I understand, the book is even, like, more into that and goes even farther with it. Uh, but, yeah, fantastic film. Jack? Uh, this is one I unfortunately have not seen the full film. I've only seen clips here and there. Uh, it's a big blind spot for me when I've been hoping to hoping to fill, but I will I'll see that eventually. Fair enough. So anyway, uh, now we just have uh, the last action the movie of the month last action hero uh, to talk about. Oh to quickly recap though Chronicles of Narnia, Pride to Caribbean Chris Black Pearl Mary Poppins. The Big Green, Tron Legacy, Blackbeard's Ghost, The Muppets 2011, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, uh, now we just have last action here to talk about. Have either of you talked about this already? I can't quite remember. 
I have. Oh, Jack has. Okay, so Payson, you're the only one who hasn't talked about it, so go ahead. Sweet. Yeah, uh, this was a first-time watch for me, uh, which is kind of crazy because this seems like a movie that would be like right up my alley. And for the most part, I really liked it. Um, I think um, I think Shane Black in the 90s is someone that was kind of just hitting home runs all throughout. Like, I'm a fan of Demolition Man. I think The Long Kiss Goodnight, if you haven't seen The Long Kiss Goodnight, it's a super underrated action movie. And this one is really, really funny, and I love the satire it does of movies in general um all the little jokes about like when uh the main character goes into the movie and you see all the cliches of action movies um one of the scenes i love is where um uh arnold and the kid are watching like arnold's boss like yell at him and you literally see the smoke coming out of the ears as he's arguing i think that's really fun um maybe this is an unpopular opinion i think the movie gets better when they go back into the real world and you have the movie characters like interacting with the real world like like i love when jack slater's like i'll handle this he shoots the car and he's like why didn't it blow up and just all those little things he punches a window he's like ow that really hurts and it's like you can't just punch a window man it, it, it's gonna hurt and just everything how it ends with the premiere um i think i would like this movie a little better if you got a better child actor like i i don't think the actor at the center of this is really good but i think that's just a issue with a lot of movies at the time uh charles dance is so much fun as the villain he absolutely knows what movie he's in his line of if god was a villain he'd be me is so good and just his delivery of that i just thought was so much fun uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a really, really fun action comedy. Uh, I would give it three and a half out of five. That's fair. Well, uh, that's about it for this. Uh, next week is, yeah, the 30th, and I believe our topic is Animated Heroes. So, And we have a lot of spots open for that, so be sure to comment if you want to be on for that. Anyway, uh, that'll be it. For this week, thank you to the Jack, thank you to Payson, thank you to everyone at home for watching. This has been Multiplex Logged It. We will see y'all later. Have a good one.